Everson, and this is the story behind our music. The story behind our music for the past several weeks has been about some of the singers and bands that played Woodstock in 1969. Two weeks ago, I covered Jimi Hendrix and how his music was tragically silenced too soon. This week, I'm covering another tragic artist that had her music career ended well before her 30th birthday. Janis Joplin, as well as Jimi Hendrix, are both members of the Notorious 27 Club, and that's not a good thing. If you are unfamiliar with this, the 27 Club is a group of artists, actors, and mostly musicians that all died at the age of 27. Janice was born in Port Arthur, Texas in 1943. She had a loving home, but a tough time in school. She said that she was ostracized and bullied in high school. For a time, she became overweight and suffered from acne that left deep scars on her face. She said that the other kids at her high school would routinely taunt her and call her names like pig or freak. She described herself as a misfit and took refuge in reading, painting, and thinking. After she graduated high school in 1960, She ended up at UT in Austin, and she got quite a reputation as a free spirit. The student-run campus newspaper, The Daily Texan, ran a profile of her in an issue in July 1962, headlined, She Dares to be Different. The article began, She goes barefooted when she feels like it, wears Levi's to class because they're more comfortable, and carries her auto harp with her everywhere she goes, so that in case she gets the urge to break into song, it will be handy. Her name is Janis Joplin. What good can can do? In December of that same year, Janice recorded her first song, What Good Can Drink and Do. It was recorded in the home of a fellow UT student, and it would have been good advice for Janice to follow herself. She never finished her degree, though. In 1963, she hitchhiked to San Francisco because, as she explained it on the Pop Chronicles radio show, just to get away because my head was in a much different place. She recorded some solo work, but immediately fell into the drug culture. She struggled with narcotics, struggled with alcohol, and lost so much weight that her parents back in Texas knew something was not right. She kept recording and kept trying to keep clean and sober, but wasn't having too much success on either aspect. She reportedly told her personal counselor that she didn't know how to pursue a music career without falling back into using drugs and alcohol. Big Brother and the Holding Company recruited Janice to join their band in 1966. She did, and the chemistry was amazing. Joplin's bluesy voice was what Big Brother needed, and her bandmates were actually helping her stay clean. They recorded a couple of albums, and in 1967, were invited to play at the Monterey Pop Festival. Her voice wowed the crowd there, and she was such a standout that by the next year, show's promoters were billing the band as Janice Joplin and Big Brother and the Holding Company. She left the band to again pursue a solo career in 1968, which consisted of a new backup group called the Cosmic Blues Band. The album from the newly formed band did not match the popularity of Big Brother's Cheap Thrills album, and they didn't stay together long. The Cosmic Blues Band broke up after their performance at Madison Square Garden, soon after Woodstock 1969. As for her Woodstock performance, well, unfortunately, Joplin was shaky and struggled during the performance, probably from her reported use of heroin and alcohol during a 10-hour wait between her arrival to the 2 a.m. start of her set. She later said she was unhappy with her performance, which was not even included in the original documentary. Drifting in and out of drug addiction, Joplin was involved in another project known as the Full Tilt Boogie Band. This would be the group she gave her last performance with. 
The band received mostly good reviews and seemed to work well together. The sad part is, Janice never lived long enough to see their full potential. She died of an overdose in 1970, just 16 days after Jimi Hendrix and just over a year after Woodstock. After her death, Full Tilt Boogie Band released its first album titled Pearl, which became Joplin's biggest selling album. Good enough for me and my Bobby she never lived to see the song hit number one on the Billboard charts. She remains an icon and is listed as number 28 on Rolling Stone's list of greatest singers. Since her death, Joplin's albums have gone gold, platinum, and triple platinum, and she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. I'm Addie, and you can see more of my The Story Behind Our Music at thestorybehindourmusic.tumblr.com. And to hear past the story behind our music shows, get my podcast on iTunes or podcast.com.